0: Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Read? What's happening? Am I dead? I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction. Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I? Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? The monster under the bed lives in dark shadows that you ignore on purpose. And once you open your eyes and see the monster, all it does is scream at you in pain. And the only way to get it to stop screaming is to understand why it's hurt in the first place. Chapter six, the fall of Afghanistan. When I recorded this chapter, I was working on a separate piece, but then I got lost in a cul-de-sac. But also something I began to realize about the military then, and more so now, is how superficial so much of the culture is. Right, there's things that are deeply ingrained into the incoming soldiers, but those deeply held ingrained beliefs change at the whim of fickle politicians and an evolving body politic. And so, the things that were so important become yesterday's news. The wars that we spent so much time and effort and blood and treasure become just a footnote in history, a thing to be forgotten, an opinion. It becomes content, you know? American conflict in overseas combat zones is content for viewers to consume and have an opinion on, like a TV show. So many of the body politic, they don't even think about what they're doing and what they're asking The soldiers to do in between election cycles, right? If it's not an even numbered year, you don't really hear about a lot of things. And I'm mad about it. I'm so mad. I'm mad at a government that would draw out generational conflicts for decades. And then we just pack up our game and go home. And then the Taliban wins, right? Because we got bored all that time spent in Afghanistan. And as of this recording, the 12th of August, 2021, the Taliban controlled large sections of Afghanistan. I never even went to Afghanistan. But still, I was in Iraq. The same thing happened with ISIS. The second we leave, the second we get bored. And a people that claim to support the troops have a hard time matching the actions of the troops. They have a hard time living up to the sacrifice that the troops show. They have a hard time living up to the responsibility that they hold the troops to. So yeah I'm a little mad. And I wasn't planning on venting like that. But fuck it. I'm glad I never had to go to Afghanistan. I can only empathize with How useless, how it must have felt like it was all for nothing. Like when I came home and I was in college and then the last combat troops left Iraq. Within days, the Sunnis and the Shiites were at each other's throats again. And within months and within years, ISIS was controlling large swaths of the the country. And then, yeah, we walked in there and we bombed the place again. And that makes sense because it was that means it wasn't all for nothing. Don't ask your troops to sacrifice pieces of them, bodies, their selves, their lives for a conflict that you'll forget about in 10 years, for content for you to consume, for fucking Tucker Carlson to get his dick hard and want to feel like a big man, right? For Ted Cruz to get upset about fucking a commercial with a lesbian couple who are raising a kid that are soldiers, right? Right? You don't shit on people who sign up to serve and fight and die for their country just because they're a little bit different. Just because it plays to the more ignorant parts of your base. Don't squander the bravery of your armed forces. Not for political points, you silly fool. I think I'm going to stop there for today. I had forgotten how mad I was. After the U.S. made the final pullout of Iraq. And then the next day, the Sunnis and Shiites were at each other's throats. And then now, with Afghanistan falling apart, just brought it all back. Anyway, that's all for me today. Thanks for listening. Chapter 7 Making Peace with the Monster Under the Bed Recorded in September 2021. I'm so tired of the pandemic. And I think we all are. And today's rant, today's anxiety check-in, was inspired by a podcast I like called I Have No Idea What I'm Doing, which is kind of a treatise on... Sadness and grief and loss and pain and overwhelming sort of despair with the uh, worst parts of life ripped open and shown for the world to see. It's a podcast about healing, about grieving, about finding your way out of the tall grass. There's a family story where I had a an ancestor who fought the Japanese during World War II and uh, my father told me how... When he was a boy in the mountains of Kentucky in the 70s, his great-uncle, I think, uncle maybe, I'm not sure, would get drunk and then have flashbacks and think he was back island-hopping in the Pacific fighting the Japanese. So he had his rifle, and he's low-crawling through the tall grass looking for Japanese that were trying to kill him so he would kill them first. Now, granted, this is Kentucky and about 1973. So not a real high Asian Pacific Islander population there. Thank God. Because this story would be a lot sadder if he actually found somebody, which he never did. So what my dad ended up doing was he took the the firing pin out of his uncle's uh, rifle. So that way he's just basically running around with like a club instead of a rifle, right? Which really dramatically reduces the chance of someone getting shot. But he was... Still in the tall grass. He never left the South Pacific in his mind, and his heart. And I have no idea what I'm doing. It's about finding your way out of the tall grass. And it also happens to be a podcast of a dear friend of mine, an old collaborator for many, many years. And there will be a link to it in the description of this episode. And her episode uh, inspired me. Because she talked about the pandemic and about just how tired we all really are. Now, you could put your head in the sand. And I get it. I think people have shrunk this fucking endless catastrophe. This bleak, dystopic world that we're in. into such. they had to shrink it into such a small little cube to be able to comprehend it, to get their hands around it, right? It shrunk it down to the point where it was a fucking political Jersey thing. You know, politics is by its nature two-dimensional, shallow, and something you don't have to think that hard on, right? You can just say, oh, my team thinks this, so I'm going to think this today. It's a system that outsources any thinking, any comprehensive uh, study, Uh, empathy for people that are different than you it outsources any of that to a list of rules made by people who design those rules that only benefit their own power and their wealth and ensconce them in the upper class and the voters trade all of that just for the chance to feel like they belong to something their beliefs morph and shift and change as the list of party priorities changes. And so many of their beliefs are based on party. And if their party's out of power, they don't really believe that anymore. And that goes for both parties. So that tells you just how much of a game it really is. To not take a life-saving vaccine against a disease because your political enemies are encouraging pandemic mitigation efforts, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. It, And it's stuff like that that has maintained this sort of slow burn we've all been on. As the merry-go-round slowly goes faster and faster, it just keeps going. And it keeps grinding. And I'm so tired. I'm the sort of person that needs people, right? I need to be around humans. As an extrovert, you, you feel disconnected from humanity because of all of this. You feel disconnected from yourself in a lot of ways. Now, I've been in therapy since December, maybe, January, something like that. And so therapy's awesome. Therapy means that I've worked through, you know, Decades of sadness and pain and rage and death and loss and trauma and despair. And it helped me to make peace with the monster under the bed. Because there was this monster under my bed that would scream and rage. And just want to shake me and scream in my face. But it's like therapy helps you talk to the monster. Right. It helps you understand his language and what he's trying to tell you. And then you realize, oh, the monster's you. The monster is just the scared little hurt boy version of you that's just running on fear and panic. That's it. Therapy helps you tell the monster that everything's going to be okay and you don't got to worry anymore. That's all over now and you can move forward with your life. And I thought maybe a lot of that, a lot of my problems working from home was just, that right like oh I have time to think about things and oh it's just nothing but my thoughts and they just bounce all over the walls and and it's all I can hear is all the pain and the rage and the sadness but no no a lot of that's gone now I worked through a lot of it which is fucking one of the harder things I've done and now I'm just kind of alone a lot of the time Right, I'm married to a beautiful woman far above my station, but she uh, works out in the world, right, and I work from home, and, and I'm having trouble working from home, right, which sounds like a fucking spoiled fucking princess thing to say, right. Like, oh, you get to work from home in your pajamas all day. And, oh, you don't have to encounter the virus. so you don't have to wonder if you're going to be a breakthrough case. Or, you nowhere near the riots or the floods or the fires or none of that shit. I am protected in an amazing bubble fortress. And I'm going to be honest. It's, I held my wife in my arms the other day in the kitchen. Because I missed her during the day back when... She worked from home. I missed not being alone for 8 or 10 hours a day. Day after day after day after day. I missed working in the office, of which since the rise of the Delta variant, that's definitely never going to happen anytime soon, if ever. They Might as well fucking sell that place because we're not going back. And... I'm so tired. But this experience has granted me a chance to look at wisdom. I've had the chance to make peace with the monster under the bed. And I figured out how to talk to him. Because I can stop myself from worrying, from going down anxious paths. Because being alone so much of the time, you know, feeling disconnected from much of the world... I found myself holding on to old memories. And the painful ones were the strongest. And those painful ones gave me the strongest sense of connection. Many of them were family related. Because no one can hurt you quite like your family can. So I held on to those so tightly. Because the pain was the only connection... I had left in the world. It was the strongest connection I had left to this family member. And as silly as it sounds, during the day when I was feeling alone, I would, in my mind, run down an alleyway and go to a painful memory room and I'd feel all that hurt and sadness and rage and injustice and betrayal. And I'd feel connected because people that Hurt you have a connection. During the day, I was feeling without connection. And again, I'm deeply in love with my wife and our marriage is going fantastic. That's got nothing to do with this. This is during the day. And I realized why I was making myself miserable. And the idea of letting go of that pain was like letting go of the, the final connection I had to this person. And I didn't want to let this person go. Living in that memory, in that pain, let me feel like I could hold on to them when they had already left. And when I came to grips with it, when I understood what the monster under the bed was trying to tell me, I stopped running down that alley. I stopped opening that door. I let myself grieve the loss of the relationship that I had with this person, and then I could move on. And the monster under the bed could go back to sleep. Chapter 8 Thicker Than Water. Recorded December 2021. Hi, <laughs> my desktop self destructed, so I'm recording this on my phone. Just to kind of see how it goes. This is almost a test in a lot of ways. But I guess I can update you on how things are going. Anxiety's going really well. I finished therapy, which was nice. And finishing therapy doesn't mean that um, the monster under the bed has gone away. It just means that you know how to talk to him. And you know what he's trying to tell you. Anxiety and pain and hurt, those are all just your body, your mind telling you something's wrong, and it's so desperate to fix it. Like, I still have uh, moments like that, sometimes, you know, an hour, something like that, where like, I'm just angry or I'm anxious or remembering that. This person hurt me so bad and, you know, and then I'm, I'm by myself and I'm imagining I'm talking to them and I'm saying, you hurt me for these reasons and these are the reasons why you're wrong. And, you know, yelling at ghosts, basically. This person's alive, but they're not there. And it's my brain, my body trying to fix something that's trying to resolve a thing that'll never be resolved because we don't talk anymore me and this person you know it's it's funny we all survived the pandemic but we all kind of fell apart after (laughs) or midway through and that really sucks and and i don't think i'm alone there you know I imagine there's a lot of people whose relationships, whose familial relationships were rocky, were strained before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hits and, you know, things just fell apart real fast. And and, and it's a, it goes deeper into the stupid political polarization in our country where... A medical emergency was somehow shoved into the idiotic culture war that's going on and then people picked a side like i remember trying to talk to one of my family members about things and i've always been kind of a you know i used to i worked at a lot of vaccine clinics i used to help run vaccine clinics toward the end of my career in the military and so i'm always a real pro vaccine guy but like not like it a I never found religion with science, you know, <laughs> like kind of two separate things for me a lot of ways, <laughs> but I remember talking to a family member and they told me, and I'm like, you know, I'm talking to them about the vaccine and stuff. And then this family member said, you think like they do, right? They being the people on the opposite end of the political culture war than them. Right. Like pro vaccine Democrats, I guess, although I'm not a Democrat, but somehow I became a liberal by default because I think vaccines are a good thing, which makes no sense to me. And I remember talking to this person and I'm like, I thought we were on the same team and they're like, Oh, we are most other things, but not this. And I'm like, Oh shit and and that was so it was bad man like it, it was it was illustrated to me exactly what was going on on a much larger grander scale because i'm i have to imagine there's a lot of other peoples whose families kind of split along political lines which is ridiculous and Stupid. And if that's going on with you, dear listener, my seven loyal listeners, I'm sorry. It sucks. Because you just want things to be the way they were. But sometimes people find more, they're more attracted to the tribalism of their politics than The actual family. Which doesn't make any sense. And. Yeah. But you know. What's really cool. Is there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out. And there's a new Matrix coming out. And. I've kind of. Really checked out of a lot of things. Right. Like. Like politics, for example. Like when I realized what the bread and circuses of it was, I said, oh, oh, this is a scam. And this is used to distract people to get them fighting, right? Like this is used for power. This is, it's a scam. And And so much of our modern life or modern discourse is wrapped up in it. And so I don't really find myself with a place, I guess, right? Like, like I'm a big Second Amendment pro-life guy, but also I think universal health care, universal basic income is probably a good idea. So, you know, there's not really a place there for that guy. And so I dipped out. I stopped caring. I said, oh, none of this matters. This is all just a scam to get money out of people. And so I kind of retreated into nostalgia in a lot of ways. I started rewatching mid-90s Star Trek and, and, and all the things I liked when I was a kid. I'm just kind of digging deep into those and I'm going through them in the podcasts and stuff. And you know, there'll be episodes on Star Trek and Star Wars and Firefly and and Rick and Morty. Although we 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 spent an hour talking about how Rick and you could you could look at Evil Morty as an example of income inequality gone too far, but you know, <laughs> that's a fun episode it's coming up. Um, and yeah, just kind of figuring out what I love and wrapping myself in it because all of the angry discourse, I love this country so fucking much. I love what it could be. I love what it is at its best because I've seen what it is at its best firsthand hand and its service members and and I'm kind of disappointed in it in a lot of ways it's people really and a lot of it especially the pandemic the way we've all acted toward each other the way we all hate each other for no fucking reason chapter 9 the covid-19 booster shot Recorded December, 2021. Hey everybody, this is Derwin. And today I'm going to talk about uh, the booster shot for the COVID-19 vaccine. I got it yesterday at about 10 a.m. And... I didn't really know how it was going to go, right? Because, you know, you didn't really know how the second shot was going to go. And, but much like the second shot, I came home and I ordered burritos and I drank good scotch (laughs) because I knew that I would be so miserable in just a few hours. (laughs) And I ate ice cream. You know, just ate like a real big fat kid. And and then it hits. It kind of comes on real piece at a time. Like my my skin gets a little tender. My muscles ache, the joints ache, you know. Until like you've just got like a fever and It kind of hurts to move. (laughs) You're just moving real slow and real gingerly. And and then I went to sleep. And I popped a Benadryl. And woke up eight hours later. And was 50% better. And that brings me to right now. Where I'm laying on a couch without a fever and my muscles are still sore and the joints still ache. But since the booster shot is a half dose, I think for me, I only got like half as long a duration of it than last time. Last time was like 36 hours, I think. And this time, you know, math um what eighteen hours? Something like that. And in theory I should be good to go for tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully. Probably. <laughs> and and yeah. I I'm really glad that I have free health care at the VA. I am glad that I have access to the vaccines for free, which, I mean, everyone does. And I'm glad I got I'm glad I could schedule the time to take off to get it, too. And my plan right now is just to watch Battlestar Galactica and pop ibuprofen and sleep on the couch, because <laughs> the adventure continues. In 2020, I was able to acknowledge the monster that lived under my bed. It took all of 2021 to realize the monster under the bed was me. Tune in next week, Monday morning at 0700. Where we go deep into the understanding that the monster under the bed is you.